is going on guys welcome to another episode of the dfs dose podcast your fix of dfs information strategy and analysis i'm your host ben hover and as always i am joined by the two jays joey and jared and gentlemen this is our final recap episode of the 2018 season and this was the final slate of or i should say the final full slate of nfl games for the 2018 season week 17 is in the books how did you guys do? <laughs> just, just look it in from the outside, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, you had a bit of a mistake this morning. Yeah, yeah. So I made a lineup, showed them everything, got lit about it, left the house, started driving, never hit that submit button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in the end, though, I mean... How would your lineup have done had you played it? Well, we could run through it. I had Nick Foles, did pretty decent, and then I bit the chalk with Michelle and Jamal Williams, who got 10 points. But I also had Kendrick Bourne, Alshon, Juju, Zach Ertz, which was disappointing, and then Kittle. Mm. And then I had... Did I have... Oh, Giants defense. Which yeah, only Giants scored defense. two points. Um, that might have been close. Um, yeah, you would have been close. The cash line was really low this week. It was at about... I, I was just on the edge of the cash line and the double-ups. Uh, it looks like the cash line was 132.3, and I posted 132.7. So I literally just made it over. Um, that probably would have been pretty tight for your lineup, but yeah. it could have happened. Uh, it might have. That sounds like it was right on the edge. Maybe. 22, 32. What kind of born good, you know? 16.9. So that'd be 48. Elshon got, uh, I want to say like 16. 16. I know he got 15.9. All right. And Zachary's was a bust. Kittle got like 30. 32.9. Uh, I don't know. I might have been on the outside looking in. How did you do, Joey? Uh, my lineup went for 150 so not bad, not bad i know you went with uh the interesting decision of going with kyle allen yo kyle allen is my son all right <laughs> that's crazy <clears throat> that's wild so that was that's a bold play yeah so four thousand minimum salary going up against backups um he was obviously gonna throw uh, i mean he only had 27 attempts he did get injured during the game it was uh in the fourth quarter he got injured so they had to turn to garrett gilbert yeah shout out to him but he came in he had two passing touchdowns a rushing touchdown 228 yards and i'm not gonna lie he actually looked pretty good i mean granted he was playing second stringers third stringers etc but the saints did play their starters for uh part of the game not the whole game and and he was still pretty effective so there might be a little uh backup quarterback controversy in carolina next year you think he pushes cam for the starting job (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he goes there but he showcased he showcased uh what he could do and you know maybe maybe he goes to another team and gets a shot to start because he actually looked really good and he was really effective there's gonna be a couple teams looking for quarterbacks yeah Kyle they Allen is a will. is a is a name to watch out for for uh, teams in need of quarterbacks. So yeah, and you'll probably get him at about a third of the cost of like 
Joe Flacco or Nick Foles. So, uh, you know, there's that. But uh, let's talk about this Week 17 slate. You know, every Week 17 is going to be weird. That's going to be, you know, full of false information. And, and us as DFS players, we have to sort through it and figure out what we do and don't believe. So... That's always a big part of Week 17, which is, I think, why the cash line was so low at 132. But um, I think one of the major decisions this week was which tight end did you did you play? There were three main tight ends, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Zach Ertz. Um, yeah, if you didn't Kittle, play Kittle uh, was the only one that, that yeah. was a successful play. If you didn't play uh, Jarwin, Blake Jarwin. Yeah. The GOAT. Oh, man. Speak, speaking of Jarwin... Um, what was his tournament ownership? Do we know? I mean, oh, no. I would safely, I would safely assume under one percent. Point one percent, I think. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't even on my research sheet because when I was looking through all the top GPP winning teams, he wasn't on any of them because you know, it, it must have been the few people who did have him in there just didn't have great lineups surrounding him because he was so so low owned. But I mean, seven for one nineteen and three. I thought I was looking at old, like, old notifications when I was looking at my phone. I was like, oh, Blake Jarwin touchdown. I thought I had deleted this. No, it was just another touchdown and then another touchdown. Yeah. And another, it's like, oh, my God. The Giants uh, yeah, felt the need to not cover him. But unless you played him or, you know, yeah, unless you played him, you were playing either Kittle Ertz or Kelsey and Kittle snapped. Yeah, um, he was also the lowest owned in terms of the big three tight ends. He was about 15% owned. Ertz was a little above that, and Kelsey was just massively owned. He was the second highest owned player in tournaments on DraftKings behind Juju Smith-Schuster. But, um, I mean, what do you guys think about Kelsey? I know, Joey, you had talked earlier this morning in our group chat a bit about some home road splits with him. I thought he was an amazing play. Um I might have been a little bit too focused in on what he did to Oakland the last time they played and didn't consider anything else. But, uh, you know, I was really heavy on Kelsey this week. Didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey, you know, he's a great player and uh, can't take nothing away from him. He did hold the record for a little bit for the most receiving yards for a tight end before Kittle went and snatched that away from him. But, I mean, honestly, when – when do you think the Chiefs are going to put up 35 points and Mahomes and Kelsey are going to have under 20? It's yeah, just that I, simple. I doubt it'll happen that often. It, yeah, it's just that simple. They put up 35. I didn't like Kelsey that much. I know. He, he was he third was, for me. Yeah, well, how come? I don't I just didn't. I don't know. It was just like a gut thing. Like, I loved I loved Zach Ertz the most. And then I liked Kittle. That's why I played both of them, too. I don't know. I just didn't think... I thought they would get ahead, like, really early, and I thought it would be Tyreek Hill and Damian. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think, like, the offense would go through him. That was just, like, I don't know. It was just, like, a, a, a gut thing. No really stats behind it or anything. But Surprisingly, I, I mean, Ertz ended up busting similar to Kelsey. He only had three catches for 15 yards, and I don't know, man. That, that's just so yeah. unearthed. Like, that was his second worst game of the season coming off of a monster game where he had 16 targets and 12 catches. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there was anything that could have told you before the game that Ertz was a bad play because he was pretty locked in, yeah. um, I thought, as, as one of the top plays on the slate. I thought he was, I thought yeah. he was going to be the best tight end. I thought he was a good play, but – 
you know, like I just said, I was researching. And I know I didn't say anything, but like I was just looking at it and Ertz is significantly significantly worse on the road than he is at home. Like an eleven point difference. Like on DraftKings wise. So I, I that's why I faded him. Um I feel like on the road he's just not used as much for some reason and I felt like this wasn't the spot to play him, so that's why I just played Kittle. Well, it worked out. If you played Kittle, Jarwin, or Evan Ingram as well, was on a lot of uh, tournament-winning teams. The Giants went all out this week. Um, you were probably successful with, with either of those three. If you had gone Kelsey or Ertz, there's a chance you survived because they were so high-owned that um, you know you could have survived that. But likely didn't do too well because you had to invest so much of your capital in playing either of them and they were not the only high-owned players to disappoint um I mean we should probably talk about Juju here because I mean I don't know I think he had probably the worst result he could have in this spot he he luckily got a touchdown so that he wasn't a complete bust finished with 14.7 points but in this spot at 8.3k with Antonio Brown out as the highest owned player on the slate. I mean, you're just expecting a lot more than than 15 DraftKings points. But that was ridiculous, yo. But that's your receiver one. No. <laughs> I um, did say that the Bengals' defense has been significantly better these past couple of weeks. But I think like, the Steelers just ho- suck. I don't think it goes they to do. the Bengals' defense. Not nah, well. The Bengals' defense has been better. They've been playing better. I mean, the stats don't show it as much, but they've been playing better. But, like, 16 points, dog, come on. If you lost that game, you're done. Like, come on. Play better. Be better. I mean, I realistically thought that Juju Smith-Schuster's floor was going to be, like, 12 targets in this game and that he had upside I thought he would score minimum 20. Yeah. Ridiculous upside for forty. I, don't, I can't believe that happened. And AB would have scored forty. I was buying into narrative, but mm, I don't know. AB's crippled. He's a whole <laughs> off season to re- rehab though. AB would have scored sixty. But Juju is a better fantasy receiver than AB, I guess. Oh, he certainly will be. Okay. Certainly. Okay. Certainly. Okay. I'm definitely taking Juju ahead of AB in redraft league circa 2019. Okay, buddy. Okay. now, son. Um, Some other disappointing chalky plays. Jared, you mentioned them. Jamal Williams and Sonia Michelle. Interestingly, you know, I was debating in the group chat with you guys earlier. I'm like, man, should I play Sony? Should I play Jamal Williams? Well, I mean, same result. Five points from either guy. So, you know, I actually didn't play either of them, but... um, yeah, I don't know. They're, these these are just disappointing plays. I mean, Jamal Williams, once once Rodgers was out, I mean, the entire yeah, Packers offense, you know, <laughs> it's over for that. And Sony Michelle, on the other hand, I mean, how many times are the Patriots going to blow out their opponent by thirty five points and still be passing in the fourth quarter? Like, what is happening? Come on, <laughs> fourteen touches and they're up by thirty three points or thirty five points. Like, what is happening? I just I don't understand it, Joey. Could you tell me uh, what happened in this Patriots game here? <laughs> they wanted to get the passing game in rhythm. I don't know if that is that simple. Apparently. I said I would go on record saying I put an article in the group chat and it got shot down saying that the Patriots <laughs> wanted to pass more. And it got shot down. <laughs> yeah. But um, I still I mean, played was... Sony like a dummy. 
Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Sony seemed like a good play. I mean, I think there was a lot of reason to fade him in cash when you look at him and how it's just so easy for him to get vultured. You know, they play yeah. James White, they play Rex Burkhead, Devlin could get you know the one the one yard touchdown at any time. Tom Brady could sneak it in from the one. It's just. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely not a cash play with that much uh, different paths for the Patriots to score. But, I mean, I think it was bad luck that he didn't score, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, Sonny Michel's an interesting player. I think that he has upside to get better in the future, but it was a, it was kind of an up-and-down season for him as a rookie. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're, they're probably going to use him to establish the run in the playoffs, so we'll see how he does in that regard. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I just feel like moving forward in DraftKings for 2019 and beyond, you don't play players that don't have a target share. And I will employ that model for next year because Sony does not have a target share, especially with James White and Burkhead in that offense. So you're basically relying on him getting over 100 or a touchdown. And, you know, this is neither here nor there, and we have an entire offseason to, to discuss things like this. But, I mean, the thing is, coming out of college, Sony Michelle profiled as a player who could catch passes yeah. in the NFL. He doesn't need to be just a run-it-up-the-gut type of guy. Like, he could be versatile. Like, I feel like what they need to do is get Burkhead off the team and utilize Sony Michelle in that role. Like, yeah, obviously James White is still going to be a good pass catcher on the team, but, like, that doesn't mean that they can't give – dump offs to Sony Michelle too, right? I mean he he theoretically has that skill set. Uh he hundred percent has the skill set, you know. He did it in yeah. college. He came out of college and he was compared to Camara. Like he yeah, could I saw a lot of Jamal Charles yeah, comparisons for him. He could do it with no problem. It's just they don't give him any targets. So it's like like I don't know. That I mean that's that's Bill's system. Um, I'm not gonna argue with it, but yeah, it's kind of weird. And moving up, moving forward, it's just not a place to target. Well, not specifically Sony, but running backs that only run the ball and don't catch passes, because you need that for DraftKings. Yep. Um. You know, one of the chalkier running back plays, actually. I take that back. He was not as chalky as I thought he would be. He had a lot of early week steam, and then it kind of died down because people assumed that at 3,500, Royce Freeman was going to be a zero in the pass game, and that's why a lot of people got off of him. Um, but it turns out that Royce Freeman was indeed utilized in the pass game. He had eight catches for 43 yards and 60 yards on the ground. So, I mean, he was 3.5K, didn't score a touchdown, but still managed to put up 18 points on DraftKings. So Royce Freeman ended up being a great play this week. No, I wasn't on him. I was all, all aboard the the fade train. Yeah, I played Royce in my uh, I played Royce in my late only slates because I just thought that he opened a lot up um, to fit in Mahomes and Kelsey and Juju. So you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the best process, but I mean, it got me on Royce and and his past game. Work bailed me out. It was a good way for him to close the season, but I think that, uh, you know, as far as Denver, Philip Lindsay is their running back of the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Royce is just just a clear-cut backup now, so. Um, you know, speaking of a salary-saving running back, Dwayne Washington was in a lot of sharp people's lineups, and I, I heard the buzz 
Um, you know, people were speculating that Camara and Ingram would sit, then Camara was ruled inactive, and it seemed like Dwayne Washington was going to be relatively popular. He ended up being about 10% in the Millie Maker. I don't know what his cash game ownership was, but a lot of people played him, and he didn't really have a great game. He had 13.8 points, but I mean, at three, you know, when you're min salary and you put up 13.8 points, you're more than 4Xing, so yeah. it ended up being a great play, and even though it wasn't a high point total, he was in a lot of the GPP winning tournaments because of what he allowed you to do with the rest of your salary. Yeah, he, he got there in the end. Um, he didn't get over 100 yards until late in the fourth quarter when he broke a couple of long runs. So, I mean, for the people that played him, you know, congrats. You, you kind of got lucky there. Um, <laughs> 100%. You kind of got lucky that he broke off, like, two 20-yard runs back-to-back uh, to go over the 100-yard bonus. Um, well, I mean, I ended up being a good play if we're just talking about straight 3Xing. Like, like you just said, he over 4X, so... Good play. I didn't. I didn't hear anything about him. I didn't even know people were playing him. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was incredibly thin. I thought that some people got good results, but I thought that was a pretty bad play. But I mean, I guess that's the kind of play that you have to make in week seventeen, and paid off if you did it. Hey, I mean, Adam Levitan played him in cash, at least in the lineup I scooped of his. So. Um, you know, he bodied me completely in cash this week with the Dwayne Washington. So what, what can I say? <laughs> what was his cash line? I don't know. It was nuts, but he scored like 170-something. So he Really? Yeah. I don't know. He had like he Godwin, it, Saquon, Dwayne Washington, Mahomes, Kelsey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but let's talk about some good plays because we've just sort of been talking about bums and and lucky plays. Um, So let me ask you guys, do you think that not next week, but in two weeks when the Rams take the field, that they should even allow this man, Todd Gurley back on the field or have they found a much better running back off the couch and CJ Anderson, the great CJ Anderson can't be stopped. Is that a no? I'm just hearing crickets right now. Deserved crickets. You know how much I hate CJ Anderson? How much? How much? Bro, me and Dan have been going back at this for how long now? He is so bad, dog. It's been since at least 2013 when he broke out with Peyton Manning. (laughs) He's not good. I mean... Like, just give it up. He's clearly good. He doesn't even need practice. He just gets on the field. He's a natural runner. I think that goes to show more about the Rams (laughs) system than it does CJ Anderson. Like I've been saying. I don't, know. I don't know, man. Well, when you have one of the best offensive dog, lines dog, in football, they... that opens holes for any running back that's back there. Huh? I think you're going to be able to run through I it. Mean... I mean, he had 1,000 yards on the Broncos last year. They didn't have a good offensive line. Yo, my boy. Yo. They close, it, they, they close Yo. the season out with Arizona yeah. and the 49ers. All right. Like, I could, I could probably be running on some. That's fair. Yeah, I, mean, I could get a hundred clip. Point. Yeah. Listen, we're talking about a man who ran for 132 yards, right? A rece- you know, 27.4 points on DraftKings. Back-to-back games over 20 points on DraftKings. After he- after my, my son was just chilling. He was on the couch probably playing some Fortnite or something two weeks ago. And then he got called up to action, and he performed. All right, he performed in a big spot, and I think you just got to give it up to this man. Shout out you know. to him. 
winning right, people I'll money. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, how about Barkley? Um, you know, he was a highly debated player this week. Some people thought that he was a smash chasing the 2,000-yard mark as a rookie, um, which he was. And some people thought that they would sit him and give him rest. And, you know, I was in that crowd. I thought that he was, you know, not a great cash play for that price, especially when Juju Smith-Schuster was – 100 more and i just thought that was a much more solid way to allocate your salary but i had that wrong uh where were you guys on barkley this week he was the easy fade for me but obviously that didn't yeah. work out yeah i played him so yeah um he got there i mean i played all three slates this week so i had some exposure in my early only slate i thought there was less options in the early slate so it was easier to play him there but yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was about 50% owned in cash games. So, you know, I don't know. He was he was really the only top-tier running back who had real motivation to play. Like we said, Kamara sat. Gurley wasn't in. Uh, CMC. I don't, he I don't came know how out after CMC one drive. Playing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And that was pretty predictable as well, so people weren't on him. But, yeah, Barkley was a great play. Amazing rookie year. Amazing player. Um He's probably a top three draft draft pick next year, right? In terms of like redraft, redraft dynasty easy. everywhere. Yeah. Easy, easy, yeah. easy. Absolutely. Easy. Anyone, anytime, anyone who can be your wide receiver one and your running back one, uh, gotta lock them up. But now, are, are you taking them over McCaffrey though? Just a question. Um, I mean, it's early to say, but chances. are. Well, you know, okay, it would depend on two things for me. It would depend on do the Giants fix their quarterback situation because if they, for some reason, go into another season with Eli Manning, we saw that even a great player can get bogged down in a bad offense. So I would probably go CMC if that was the case, and I would also go Saquon Barkley if this buzz around the Panthers about trying yeah. to reduce his workload carries them you know, yeah. to the offseason because you know, that would obviously be yeah. a huge concern. Yeah, I'm going Saquon. Yeah, I would probably yeah. take Saquon too, but just a little early draft talk. There's really no good quarterbacks coming out. There's a scrub that may come out of Ohio State though, but watch your mouth. But watch that's just mouth. that's just my, early my draft boy talk. Dwayne, but my, we can move on. My boy Dwayne is projected a first round. Yeah, pick. he's like the only quarterback projected to go in the first round right now. Is is Trevor Lawrence staying? Is he coming? I out? don't know. I think he's probably coming out. Cause I know I forgot I forgot his name, but the Oregon quarterback is staying Gilbert. Here. But that's that's not DFS, so we could uh, transition. <laughs> but I just want to take a jab at at Jimmer over there, the Ohio State fan. Yeah, watch him off. We could talk about a uh, another former first round drafted quarterback. I don't know where I'm going with this, but how about the Buck stack, right? Jameis Winston. Uh, 34.1 points. He was 3% owned. I guess that the Bucks were just completely bullshitting about playing Ryan Griffin, but, you know, whatever. If you if you got that right, you probably banked because, I mean, Jameis Winston, 34.1 points. Could have played him with Mike Evans, 31.6 points. Could have played him with Chris Godwin, who was very popular, 32.4 points. These three Bucks players alone combined for 98 points on DraftKings. Um, absolutely insane. I told insane. you about that game. Yeah, Jared had this game called in the morning. I was completely wrong on this game. Um, I thought, I you know, I don't know. I mean, between the talk of Dirk Cutter, the talk of them potentially sitting Winston at some point, I didn't think Winston would make it into the second half of the game, honestly. 
they deadass said they were gonna play Ryan Griffin. Like they deadass came out. There was reports that said that they were gonna play Ryan Griffin. Like, and then see that makes no sense to me because they just said they wanna they're keeping Jameis next year or whatever. Right. So why would they just bench him for some scrub? See, the way I read that report this morning, because that came out before the game started, that Jameis Winston was going to be on the Bucks next year. To me, that was like, all right, well, you have a lost season. Why play him then? You know, see if, if Griffin can be your backup next year or if you have to address that in the offseason. To me, that was even more reason to fade Jameis, who was in a, obviously a great matchup. But I don't know. I just thought with the, playing, the play concerns and with, you know, Mahomes and Big Ben being such great options on paper, it was just completely unnecessary. But... If you played Winston or Matt Ryan, you probably cashed huge because, I mean, no matter which one of these guys you stacked them with, you would have been successful. If you brought it back with Julio, which was a logical choice, you were successful because Julio completely snapped 9 for 138 and 1. I mean, yeah, that that was the game to target this week. Yeah, I wasn't even on that game. So shout out to for all, me. For all, the, for all the talk that we all, all – not just us, but, you know, us and the entire – fantasy football industry this week was just talking about targeting these games that mean something and it was a completely meaningless game that won people all the money mm-hmm. just goes to show you funny i was only on that game and then the packers lions game for gpp but i got off it i stacked the falcons bucks with actually no i didn't get off it. i went with the packers side and they didn't score anything so <laughs> I mean, that's tough tough with injuries. And until the Lions change what they're doing on offense, you really can't play them because not only is their offense so bad that it's hurting the Lions players, but it also hurts the teams they play against because they play so slow that other teams' pace of play is, you know, brought down. And it's just like, I don't know. The Lions are like fantasy football cancer. It's terrible. Yeah. Dude, I hate that this is my favorite team, like that I just hate my own favorite team right now. It's terrible. Yeah, but once they find a good quarterback, then they'll Yo, be all they right. got a good quarterback. Yeah, they on found team. one, Matt Prater. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Matt Prater, QB one for the Lions next year. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's funny. But let me just give you your props, Jared, because you were on Julio all year, and he had—I mean, his 2018 season was basically the the sole bright side for the Falcons, who were all in all a very disappointing team in the NFL. But Julio finish off with an NFL leading 113 catches, 1,677 yards, and eight touchdowns. Um, Goddamn. That's all I got to say. I mean, what what a line. What a finishing line for Julio. Mm-hmm. Boy Get to those eight touchdowns after it seemed like – I mean, he went pretty deep into this year without any touchdowns, right? I mean, we were talking about this late in the year, and then it just – something, something clicked. See, y'all were hating – my boy Sarkeesian didn't want to get fired, so he just started telling Matt Ryan to steal this man the ball. Do you think that Julio Jones? Do you think Julio Jones single-handedly saved Steve Sarkeesian his job? Probably. Yeah. Um. I'd be I surprised if he's gonna get fired. Really? Yeah, I think I think everyone on that team, everyone on that staff, is gonna accept uh, Quinn. Hmm. I can see it. Somebody, somebody's gonna have to go, but. I would blame their defense more than their offense. Fire their linebacking uh, coach. Whoever schemes all those open passes to running backs, they got to go. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> um, it's not really their fault. I mean, they lost Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. But, I mean, 
that's why you got all them players on your team, so. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to shout out Julio, give him his props, because, you know, at least in the beginning of the season especially, I was I was the Julio hater on this podcast, but how, how can you hate on a man getting 113 catches and 1,600 yards? Can't do it. Facts. You know who else you can't hate on? QB1, Josh Allen. The <laughs> Josh Allen. 4% owned on DraftKings this week. He put up 41.4 points. He had five touchdowns in this decimation of the Miami Dolphins. And, I mean, Josh Allen, he has a lot to work on, but I think that he is – I don't know, man. He's got the potential to be something, I think. I really do. Um, what do you guys think? I know you both have pretty different views on Josh Allen throughout the season, but, I mean, now that we've seen – his full 2017 season, I think that, I don't know, I just think he's a really interesting quarterback. Boy, he's trash. I mean, he's already a QB1. So let's put that out there. Well, for fantasy, he's locked down. But do you, do you think that his, like, accuracy issues are going to be He's not a good passer. Crippling? All right. He's not All a right. good passer. It's that simple. Neither Neither's Cam oh. Newton, and Cam Newton was an MVP. Cam Newton's not a good passer. What do you got to say to that? Okay, for one, Cam Newton throws a football like a baseball, so that's why he's not accurate. Second, Josh Allen is going to be nice as hell. Hmm. I've been saying this ever since ever since he got drafted. I think he's going to be nice as hell. He needs to stop running so much, but that's the only thing that's what's they, that's the only thing that's making him good right now is his rushing ability. Yeah. If he stops that, he won't yeah, have nothing. Yeah, watch your mouth. Once they get, once they draft another offensive lineman, and then they get a good receiver, like one, they just need one. I mean, Zay Jones is like mediocre. He's average, I guess. I think I think right I think Zay is a NFL starting wide receiver. He's gonna be. He's going to be a good number two. He'll never be a number one. Yes, exactly. And Robert Foster is a good role player. He's a good deep threat, but he can't be a every down player, I don't think. And no. But honestly, like the thing is is Josh Allen is doing this with no support, okay? Like LaShawn McCoy in twenty eighteen is not a plus for your team. I'm sorry. He's been a negative for that team all year. Charles Clay, twenty eighteen, completely washed. They they had Calvin Benjamin as their wide receiver one for the first three quarters of the year. Like I mean, we're talking about Zay Jones and Robert Foster. Like, nobody knew who Robert Foster was until, like, week 10 or 11. Like, this was a team that we said all year was the worst team in the NFL from a talent perspective. And Josh Allen managed to make this offense interesting, good to watch, and he made them, you know, productive. I I don't know. I think that he has a future if they can surround him with some better offensive talent. I mean, their defensive scheme – has been good. It's been good since McDermott got there. They've got a lot of talent on defense. Um, I don't know. I think if they if they can draft some good offensive weapons to surround Josh Allen, I think that he could really be. Uh, I don't know. Might even be better than. I don't know. No, I was gonna say he might be better than Darnold. He could be better than Darnold. I, I really believe that. He. I mean, Darnold has. He's a Darnold's a way more polished passer, like a, a way more polished tra- traditional quarterback. But he also makes a lot of mental errors. Yeah, he's got dimes. He's got Darnold has good accuracy. He does. I think he has the best accuracy out of the whole draft class, to be honest. Baker's does the best he? quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think Darnold has. Mayfield's dimes. really he just accurate makes a lot too, of, though. 
I think Darnold has better accuracy. Bayfield's just ten times better because Darnold's just stupid. See? Yeah, yeah. I will just say this. You do have points in talking about his supporting cast and whatnot. Right? Like, I'll give you that. Like, his supporting cast is absolutely terrible. But he is last in the NFL in completion percentage. He is last in the NFL in quarterback rating. Um, ESPN's QBR, their total quarterback rating, which is different, I guess. He's third to last, okay? He's top five in interceptions thrown. Okay. I'm just I'm gonna just point that those out. Alright, well my thing is if you have no receivers that get open, you start running. You can't run every play. They're gonna start spying you and cracking you. If they can't get open, he's gonna have to throw it to, he's gonna have to throw it sometime and it's probably gonna get picked or it's gonna be incomplete. It's not his fault these dudes can't get open at all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that um, only goes he, so far. He's also you, sailed some real, like, some he, real gnarly throws. Mo, a, a lot of his passes, if you watch his gameplay, he misses the wide receiver completely. It's not just all on his wide receivers. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, those are, he's last we'll in. He's last in some of the most important stats for a quarterback. So, I mean, yeah. We're gonna have to see beyond this year, but I want to get you. I want to get your hopes too high now. So let me ask you this question, and we can close out here unless there's anyone else you want to talk about. But I mean, just early, early speculation. Who would you prefer in 2019 as a fantasy football quarterback, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Neither. Josh Allen. Neither, really. I. I mean, I think that they're. Probably both top twelve quarterbacks if you're drafting, just because of their rushing. Josh Allen easily. <clears throat> yeah, I think I agree with you. Lamar Lamar is a worse passer than Josh Allen. Yeah, I was thinking about that for a second, and I think I agree. He definitely. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen has more of a cannon, for sure. They're both super inaccurate. I mean Lamar Lamar's gonna be good. If he figures if he could figure it out, he's gonna be disgusting. If he could figure out the passing aspect, he'll be disgusting. Same with Josh Allen. But I think Josh Allen will be better. Josh Allen would be lucky to have a like a wide receiver like John Brown on his team though. I, I even like. Willie Sneed. I mean Willie Sneed's good. Crabtree, a good possession receiver. Like, yeah. Lamar Jackson has some weapons there. He and does, those, he does, and, and they all completely became irrelevant when he became the starter. That That's that's the difference to me between the two of them, which is why I would like Josh Allen better, is because we saw that those wide receivers, Sneed, Crabtree, Brown, were all very good this year when Flacco was in there, and then they became completely irrelevant from the time that Josh Allen became in the starter, and it was just, you know, Gus the bus and, like, tight ends for Lamar Jackson because he really can't complete anything to the wide receivers. And Josh Allen made all his wide receivers better, even though they weren't good wide receivers per se. So, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting, this new generation of quarterbacks and what they have the potential to be, especially for fantasy football. Yeah, Baker is hands down the best and will be the best out of this class. Yeah. But, but I think... Josh Allen has the potential to be 
best. But Baker's just disgusting. I was watching some of those highlights from today. Oh my god. Especially yeah, that, that last drive. That was so heartbreaking that CJ Mosley just plucked that out of the air <laughs> to end that. Yeah. That was a crazy comeback drive. It was. They got a little bit of help. I don't know if that sideline catch was necessarily. If, uh, Did if you see that Jarvis catch, him. bro? <laughs> yeah, that that was That nuts. was crazy. That was indeed crazy. Um, he plucked that out of the air. But, yeah, I mean, do uh, do you guys have anything else that we need to talk about here in terms of week 17? I don't think we mentioned uh, New Hopkins. I don't know. I mean, he's he's another beast. Not much to say. He was just doing Hopkins-like things, 12 catches for 140-something, I think. 28 points on DraftKings. Didn't he come in with, like, a, like a Jaguar... Oh like, yeah, yeah. My, he had the yes, the like the Jaguar print. Like I don't even know what it was. He's got crazy fashion, but yeah, he put up twenty nine point seven points on DraftKings without a touchdown. It's just man, a beast. I love Hopkins. He's probably my favorite wide receiver. Man comes into the stadium, facing the Jaguars, skins the Jaguar and wears it, and shits on him. Like that's some savage stuff. It is, man. <clears throat> I wish I wish players on the Lions had swag like that. Like Galladay should have walked into Lambo with like a full cheese outfit on. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, that's gonna be it for us. Um thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us through this NFL regular season and uh, we are not going anywhere. We are going to do three more preview shows. We're going to preview the wild card, divisional, and championship weekends, and then uh, we'll probably give it a couple weeks, a couple weeks off after that, while we figure out our next moves, and then we'll be back with some more content. Um, but you know, stay stay tuned to our Twitter, our social media platforms. We'll keep everybody updated on what we're doing, and make sure that you subscribe, uh, like the podcast on iTunes. YouTube, Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Yep, SoundCloud and anywhere else that you get your podcast. We appreciate any support you can give us, and uh, you know, stay tuned for the next three weeks because just because the NFL regular season is over doesn't mean that the DFS action is over. There's going to be plenty of tournaments and cash games to get into on DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, wherever you play, and um, you know, we're going to be talking about it for the next three weeks. So keep making this money um like i said you can follow us on twitter instagram all that at the dfs dose you can follow my personal twitter at ben hover b-e-n-h-a-u-v-e-r guys tell them where they can find you you can find me on twitter at joey carrion underscore you can find me at jared underscore underscore marcus all right guys you got any last words for the people for this regular season nah, nah. stay tuned we got some big money moves coming Got some big money moves. Maybe, just maybe, we'll clue you in on some of this money that Jared's making in NBA. Who knows? The sun's on a heater right now. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you next week to preview the wild card round of the NFL on DraftKings. Yep. Yeah.